0: Hi, I'm Andrea Tollison, an anti-diet intermittent fasting coach, and this is the Intuitively Intermittent Podcast. My mission is to provide women who want the health benefits of intermittent fasting with the community, resources, and coaching they need to not feel stuck on yet another diet. This podcast is one of those resources. Please be sure to seek out medical advice from a doctor or healthcare provider, as this podcast is intended for educational purposes only. Thank you for being here. Now, let's dive in. Hi, everybody. Andrea here for another solo episode. Today, I am going to be sharing with you some additional reflections on the intuitive eating book, which I started last episode. I have a link to the book in the show notes. And if you are interested, I would definitely encourage you to get yourself a copy of the book and follow along with my reflections and the questions that I'm answering. There's definitely a lot of growth um, within This book, if you are inclined to look into the intuitive eating stuff. So, uh, I do want to just touch on a couple things that are going on before I dive into the book. I've mentioned in recent episodes that I've been focusing on more self care and movement. I don't know if I've mentioned the movement stuff that I've been working on, but that's been my focus now, uh, at least for the past few weeks um, the movement aspect in particular. And I've come across a few resources that I will link to in the show notes. Um, but I wanted to just mention them here. I found, um, I guess a little bit of background. Um, I, you know, when I started my intuitive eating journey, I had, I don't know I'd if I'd say I'd given up on exercise, but exercise has been tainted in my mind. Um, you know, as a tool for weight loss uh, and weight management more than anything, and so I had stopped enjoying it, and in the past couple of months, I've become motivated to get back in touch with my own movement needs, and one of the things that that means for me right now is doing some work to strengthen my core due to some low back instability, and then also an abdominal surgery I had a few years back. And so I've been looking into some options that will help me in that regard. And then also just things that I can incorporate into my day that will end up feeling good uh, and giving me energy and all that kind of stuff. So the resources that I'm going to share in the links, um, there's a someone I came across by the name of Kaisa, and she's got some really great uh, mobility routines. There are a few free options uh, on her YouTube channel, and then also uh, on her website as well. But I'm I'm really loving her mobility bundle. And I'll sh- I'll link that in the show notes, and then also, uh, if you've ever considered doing anything like Qigong, I've really been enjoying the Lee Holden Qigong Gong series. He's got a thirty day challenge, which is really reasonably priced, and it's like thirty days of seven minute routines, and I'm giving that a shot. I'm actually uh, I did a search on the internet, and I'll share a link to this post uh, in the show notes, but. I'm trying to see if syncing up the qigong routines with my menstrual cycle will be beneficial just based on my own energy as it waxes and wanes throughout my cycle. So um, only a couple days into that, but uh, you know I'll share that as a resource if that's something that interests you. and the the last resource I want to share today is something that I'm excited about. It hasn't yet arrived in the mail for me, but it's the, the name of the product, it's the Shapa Scale, and um, the website is myshapa.com and I found out about this scale recently, and it's numberless, and that intrigues me because I haven't weighed myself in probably over a year now, in part because I have found the numbers to be triggering, and I'm Decided to buy this because I do want to have some ability to monitor my progress as it pertains to maintaining my weight, uh, ideally, because I do think now that I'm at a point where my body has settled into what I think is a healthy weight. Um, and at the same time, I know that it's really easy to fall out of my good habits and these aren't like restrictive and limiting habits per se, like this is, you know, this is a way of eating and a way of life that I would say is truly, like truly a lifelong thing for me. It's not like I'm not cutting anything out or anything like that. But um, it still is really easy to fall into some of those old patterns of, you know, more emotional eating or more alcohol or more desserts or whatever it is. Like, because let's be honest, like right now in the middle of COVID-19 stuff, back to school, like, I don't know how it is for you, but I am so stressed out right now. This change of seasons is, is getting to me. And so it's really easy to fall back into those patterns. Um, and so I'm, when I saw this numberless scale, I was excited to check it out. And I'm hoping to see that my movement Routines are paying off, because um, the scale has the ability to measure changes in body mass um, and fat percentages and all that sort of stuff. And so, um, yeah, I'm I'm giving it a shot. It's gonna arrive in the mail later today, and um, you know I'll probably talk a little bit about my journey with it, and I'll include a link to it in the show notes. I do have a promotional code if it's something you decide to check out. It's um, the the code is better way w-a-y the the word to t-o way w-e-i-g-h better way to way and um, if you use that code to check it out you get 30 dollars off um off a subscription so okay so on to the book reflections um the this this Section uh, or this podcast is going to be talking about the introduction uh, to the book, which is on pages XVII to XXII. So we're still in, we're not even in the the regular numbers here, we're still in Roman numerals. Um, But there's some good insights and opportunities for reflection as you get started, and so that's what I was looking at, um, when I was reading through this, I have been dieting on and off. I was dieting on and off from 2001 to 2018. And, you know, I, I would have said that I was successful at all of these diets. So why then did I keep failing in quotes? Um, and there's a, a section on the bottom of page xvii that i want to read and uh, and then i'll comment a little bit on it so here's the section but what does failure really mean it has traditionally referred to the fact that the majority of people who go on diets and lose weight gain it back with many gaining even more weight studies show that up to two-thirds of folks will regain more weight than they lost focus on weight loss as the definition of failure fails to address the root issue. Why are people so focused on losing weight? Why is there a valuing of thinner over fatter bodies? Why do people value themselves based on the number on the scale? The failure of dieting is that it promotes weight stigma by not recognizing that people come in all sizes and shapes and that each individual is worthy just as they are. And so I wanted to reflect on that because there's a lot of good things in here um, and good meaning like really targeted questions. So why was I specifically focusing on weight loss and why do people value themselves based on the number on the scale? And the reason I kept turning to dieting was because I felt like it was something that I could control. Like once I had that taste of success on my first diet i had this sense that i could manage my food with you know simply by following someone else's rules and buying their products and there was freedom in that in the sense that it wasn't i didn't have to make decisions i just had to follow the rules i just had to, i just had to do a good job at that and that was relatively easy to do when everything else in my life felt Uncontrollable or overly stressful, and then the results of being successful on a diet generally involves you know people noticing they notice you they compliment you, um, and I, I had a really low self esteem from a challenging childhood and I recognize now that that external praise was a motivator for me, and. It's, I mean, to be honest, though, that praise is rooted in the idea that thinner, being thinner is somehow better. And um, so I definitely was feeding off of that energy. And in some ways, like every time I failed a diet and regained the weight, it was just another opportunity to succeed again, right? Like not to say that that was a conscious thing that was going on in my mind like oh i'm going to gain the weight back because then i can diet again and like the the process of gaining weight after a you know a so-called successful diet is humiliating and embarrassing but then you get the praise again when you succeed on the next diet um but it never all of that praise and all of the repeated attempts at dieting never actually addressed for me what were the underlying holes that I ultimately was trying to fill with the dieting. My life felt out of control. I wasn't comfortable in my own skin as far as like my self-worth was concerned. And I felt like I felt incompetent. I felt like, um, like, you know, I was going to be found out. Um, and I know, like, I haven't done any specific research on that, but I know that I've read places that there's a lot of women in particular who have that sort of sensation of, um, you know, feeling like they don't know everything they need to and someone's going to find out. And so, um, you know, whether it's from my childhood or, you know, maybe it was from a, the job not being a good fit, who knows? But those were repeated themes in my life um, up until the point when I ultimately. Stopped dieting and no longer was going to consistently use food to deal with that stuff. Um, so I'm definitely interested to hear in the Facebook group if you have particular reasons that you dieted um, and what you think about, you know, why why you were focusing on weight loss and why um, you know how it came to be that your value was perhaps influenced by the number you see on the scale. I think there's some really good um, reflection opportunities in that. So a couple more things about this section of the book. At the bottom of um, page XVIII, they talk a lot about the things that they've heard from their clients who would work with them and then they would end up coming back um you know after in quotes failing and they they felt like they needed to be monitored or that they just had no self control and you know it got me thinking about what was on my mind every time a diet failed for me and i led i started down the path of finding a new one there's such excitement in trying to find that new diet and thinking that this is going to be the one, right? Um, I didn't necessarily feel like I had a lot of excitement in my life otherwise. And having that that shiny new diet to try was definitely in some ways motivational. And every time the diet failed because I, you know, went back to my old ways of eating um, or I mean, honestly, like everything I had ever tried was, not actually sustainable. Like these were, these were not legitimate lifestyles. They were restrictive rule-based diets that aren't, they're not intended to be an actual lifetime commitment, if you will. Um, and, but even so, like I thought in my mind that if I found the right one, that I would just be able, the weight would just stay off. Um, I don't know if I was naive to think that I could just go back to the old behaviors, but that certainly is what happened, right? Like the behaviors that were the holes, like I mentioned earlier, the holes that were under, um, that were ultimately at the bottom of why I was eating to the extent that I was eating. I wasn't dealing with those. And I thought that if I found the right diet, uh, that it was just all going to fall into place, you know, it would make sense. And that, that, Clearly was not <laughs> was not going to be addressed by um, by a diet. So, um, but I always blamed it on you know not being the right diet. Um, and then on the bottom of page XIX, there's a whole paragraph that um, is just so resonate resonant with my experience. It's. It's a paragraph that's written for health professionals, um, but they talked about the cognitive dissonance and the conflict that comes up when we think about not focusing on weight loss after having been conditioned to identify weight as the key, um, the key determinant of our health. Right? Like we, I feel like. Anytime there's an ailment, the we're told the solution is weight loss, um, and like that's definitely something that I was raised to believe, um, but there's there's a lot more to it than that, um, and I'm just starting to dig into my own research on this myself. So, um, you know, I'm gonna take advantage here of a quote from their book here. There's a lot more to health than what you eat. Your relationship with food, mental health, social determinants of health, to name a few. Besides, body weight is not a behavior. And that quote is on the bottom of XIX. And that just speaks so much to me. It's It's the relationship with food, the mental health, the social determinants of health, Like Those are the things that since I started my intuitive eating journey, those are the things that I have to focus on. And it's been hard at times to continue focusing on that as my body has had to heal from years of dieting and had to regain some of the weight I lost in those restrictive dieting years. Um, But it absolutely has been worth it. And like you know, wherever you are on your journey, if you're in that place of still feeling despair, um, there is hope on the other side. Uh, I will share in the show notes a couple of resources specifically that touch on that cognitive dissonance piece. One of them is the Health at Every Size book, which I have mentioned several times uh, in the podcast, and then the other is something that I came across recently and um, shared it with a coaching client. And then also, I just would love to share it with you because I think it's, it, it's just thought-provoking. It's a question and answer with a podcaster by the name of Carol Lowenthal. I might be pronouncing her name, um, but she's a life coach. And I'll share the link to her podcast episode. She was answering a listener question And I think, if I recall correctly, the listener was um, a medical professional of some sort. And I just, I love how she addressed that question of weight being tied to health outcomes. Um, So, you know, definitely check that out if that's something that you're sort of wrestling with. So, then the challenge is like, how do we proceed when we potentially want to lose weight? but also want to focus on the things, like the behaviors that we actually can influence. And um, because weight is not a behavior. And so how do we focus on those behaviors when we also potentially would like to lose weight? And and then like I have to reflect for myself. I have to reflect if that desire to lose weight is a result of diet culture or is it a natural side like or could it be a natural side effect of healing my relationship to myself and i mean i think that there's no way to know where my body will ultimately settle and so on my personal journey like i've had to let go of any assumptions about where my body is going to end up falling and if i end up focusing on where I think my weight should be, that's, that's uh, a sign that I'm focusing on the wrong thing. All I can really do is focus on the behaviors and trust that my body will, if I'm listening to her and tuning in and trying to improve my behaviors and my relationship, all of that stuff will fall into play and my body weight will settle where it will be sustainable on some level. Um, But I have struggled in the past with understanding this notion of diet culture. And there's a quote in this section here that I think just really succinctly identifies it in a way that feels really understandable. And so I wanted to share that. It's at the bottom of page XX. Um, Let's see. We do not judge people for their desire to lose weight. It is a consequence of diet culture, which is ubiquitous and problematic. It's a societal system of beliefs, messages, and behaviors that places value on a person's weight and appearance rather than well-being, which unfortunately has become common and normalized. Diet culture reifies thinness, equating it with health and moral virtue while demonizing some foods and elevating others. It's difficult to go even a single day without hearing conversations, seeing ads, scrolling through social media that involves some aspect of shrinking bodies. And the thing that just really um, helps me understand diet culture here is the system of beliefs, messages, and behaviors that places value on a person's weight and appearance rather than on well-being. Um, that that helps me understand it a little bit. And when I think about where diet culture is showing up for me these days, it's it's things like not getting sucked into all of the biohacking conversations where i think that you know simply adjusting my food is somehow the best answer to treat whatever it is that's ailing me or or even that it's the only answer right like i think it's really easy to blame everything on food and what we eat and If I'm going to be investigating making an adjustment to food for some reason, I also need to be looking at other things that are potentially also contributing to whatever it is I'm trying to solve. Um, And like food, sure, sometimes food does factor in, but it isn't always the answer. And I'm going to link to an interview that I did recently with Elizabeth Hall, and I think that the conversation she and I had about experimenting – would be really helpful if if you're not sure where the line is between um, tweaking and understanding when a tweak is a, a good tweak, you know, a tweak that's in alignment with your values or when it's potentially leading you back down into like a diet trap. I also have to be careful of diet culture when I'm getting sucked into the various Facebook groups, especially in the fasting community, like it's, it's really easy to get sucked into pro diet thinking type threads. For example, I find the conversations of like scale and non-scale victories to be um, kind of triggering at times. And like for me, if I am focusing on how I feel and um really tuning into satisfaction and a sense of peace, I find that I don't actually need to be searching for those victories that it it all just feels good at that point or I guess I can't say all, <laughs> but you know, like that if I'm focused on the right things, having those victories is less important. Um, there's also, you know, it's easy to find threads where people are trying to tweak, their if so that they get better results or faster results i think it's really easy to get sucked into those and i have to be careful of that because for me this is a lifelong journey that and specifically it's a journey to returning that trust that i have lost in myself after years of dieting Uh, i also find that getting sucked into like the before and after picture threads is not helpful um I think it's too easy to see those and wonder you know if if whatever it is they're doing is the right answer, you know, or if it would if it would yield me some results and that's not the direction I need to head in. I need to focus on where I'm at, how I'm feeling, what I'm thinking, how is my relationship right now? And looking at everyone else's before and after pictures generally does not support that. Um so what then if if the authors of the intuitive eating book don't fundamentally have a problem with focusing with people who want to lose weight because they sort of recognize that it you know comes along with the culture that we live in then what is the problem with focusing on weight loss if you're on an intuitive eating journey and I'm going to read another quote from the bottom of XX The problem is that any focus on weight loss will sabotage your ability to reconnect with your body's intuitive eating signals. When you focus on weight, it places your attention on external measures for eating, such as the portions of food, the macros of food, rather than connecting you with your internal cues. Instead, focusing on your day-to-day progress, such as getting more satisfaction from your meals and staying more present in eating and life, will give you a sense of connection, which can lead to feelings of joy and well-being. So I love this very clear indication of what I should be focusing on. Even, you know, even just at the introduction of the book, it's giving me a glimpse as to what I should be focusing on. I should be focusing on satisfaction from my meals. And, And for me, that satisfaction comes from choosing the foods that I'm wanting to have rather than choosing foods that I feel like I have to ha- have, or um, you know, being mindful of how things taste and making sure that I'm enjoying it, not eating past full, because honestly, when I eat past full, that's not satisfying anymore. Like it just, I feel gross, right? So though that type of satisfaction is pretty easy for me to try to tune in two on a regular basis. Um, and that how satisfied I feel is, is not tied to the number on the scale. It's, it's something separate that's tangible that I can focus on in the moment. And then also just staying present and eating in my life. And I know like for me, staying present with my, when I'm eating is challenging. Like I tend to when i eat during my lunch break um i will you know be on my computer or i'll be reading or when i'm eating dinner mm-hmm. it might be that i'm um you know we're eating in the living room and so that it's it's hard for me that's an opportunity that i could potentially look to cut back and simplify i think it would be easier to stay present during that time um, but I also, for me right now, like there's no, knowing that there's no right or wrong way to do intuitive eating, like it's just a journey. I find that the self-care or the connection that I get with my family is doesn't 100% prevent me from being in tune with my eating in that moment, but um, it's just something I have to be mindful of. And then the other thing that I'm actively doing to try to stay present in my life is the ongoing meditation practice that I've touched on a few times within the podcast these past couple of months. You know, since since COVID-19 started, I think I'm up to like 1,700 minutes of meditating. And I've given up on the streaks. Like for a while, I found the meditation streak to be really motivating. And then as soon as I missed a day, it was frustrating and it didn't feel good anymore. And so I've tried to get in the habit of just not looking at the streaks anymore because that's not what I want to focus on. I want to focus on meditating because I feel good, not because I have to maintain that streak so that that brings me to the end of that section and um so with the next episode we'll start to get more into the meat of the book and you know doing the the steps or the stages of healing um not really sure where the journey will lead, um, as far as the reflections are concerned, but again, I definitely encourage you to get yourself a copy of the book and follow along and, you know, join in the conversation within the Facebook group and let's see how can, we can support one another on this journey. And, uh, thanks for listening. And I hope you have found some of this, um, some of these musings useful for your own journey. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Intuitively Intermittent podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you may be wondering what happens next. Whenever you are ready, here are three additional ways I can support you. First, head over to the Intuitively Intermittent Facebook group. It's made up of people just like you and is a safe space in which to find support and ask questions. Second, the group coaching program based upon my Freedom for Life framework starts up several times a year. The best place to stay informed about that will be in the Facebook group as well. Please share your interest and your email address in the entry questions for the group. Lastly, I do work with a limited number of one-on-one coaching clients. If you resonate with me and my message and want to see if working together is a good fit, please send an email to hello at thiswellseasonedlife.com. And I'll reach out to you to set up a time to talk. Enjoy the rest of your day. And remember, your value as a person cannot be measured in inches and pounds.